John has a habit of meticulously organising the coins in his trouser pocket according to size, is what he told the arresting officer. Vancouver Cooperative Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Co-op Radio, the people's friend, the tyrant's soul. Are positively tingly. I really don't understand what the phalange is going on. <laughs> is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? And hello once again. Welcome to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm your host this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski, and so glad to have you here. Um, our guest this afternoon is Kegon Go. Hi, Kegon. Hi, Randy. So Hi, ni- R.C. Thank so, you. So nice to have you here back in studio. Um, it's been a little while, but you've been very busy. We're yes. Gonna, we're going to be talking about uh, the project that you're involved with, Surviving Samsara, but we're going to get you to start off with the poem. Okay. Nothing is forged without a fire. Psycho killer, Kaskase, I want to run, 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 run away from society's sick obsession with psychos and serial killers. Charlie Manson, Ted Bundy, Robert Picton, these are the criminally insane who give the rest of us a bad name. Society turns serial killers into celebrities. You call us insane? There are no crazy people, only people who behave crazy. People who behave crazy can behave normal, whatever that means. There's a good crazy and a bad crazy. The good crazy is the crazy wisdom of the poet, shaman, and artist drunk on the rage of being alive. But when you call us crazy, you treat us less than human, banished to the land of the hungry ghosts, typecast as psychos in a drive-in horror show. In this society, eccentricity is a crime. The cops think I'm crazy, so I'm doing time. I'm doing better than Joe Ribeiro, a schizophrenic suffering from a paranoid attack whose only crime was locking himself in his room, searching for some peace of mind. The emergency response team sent 15 cops, police dogs, a SWAT unit dressed to kill in bulletproof vests. Snipers were stationed on rooftops, poised to shoot, finger on the trigger, itching for action. The hostage negotiator shouted threats into a loudspeaker, 
terrorizing Ribeiro's already paranoid mind. Who was being held hostage? Ribeiro by his own insanity? The t SWAT team tear-gassed him, then crashed through his window and rammed down his door. Ribeiro tried to defend himself. His attackers opened fire with a machine gun. Fourteen bullet wounds. Ribeiro almost died. Irreparably damaged, he survived to live the rest of his life in agony. Vancouver cops have shot six mentally ill people in the past five years. Four are dead. Compared to them, Joe is lucky to be alive. When it comes to the rights of the mentally ill, we are still living in the dark ages. I'm not mad. I am outraged because so many of my mentally ill brothers and sisters live in poverty, barely surviving by the skin of their teeth. They walk barefoot and naked in the merciless streets. The poorest of the poor don't pay taxes or vote, don't contribute to the GNP. The mentally ill are expendable, banishers, untouchables, shunned like lepers. Less than human, we are abnormal mutants genetically predisposed to madness. The mentally ill are amongst the poorest, most vilified, feared, and misunderstood caste in society. We are depicted as violent homicidal maniacs by the media in Hollywood. People are afraid of being stabbed in the shower. For heaven's sakes, don't let us near an axe, knife, or chainsaw. Stay away from us during Halloween and Friday the 13th. What kind of sick society gets its kicks from watching violent horror flicks? Anything is permissible as long as you have a moral ending. Morality takes a back seat to the ratings. This belief that the mentally ill are a danger and menace to society is grossly inaccurate. Even though they may hear violent thoughts in their heads, they would rather turn the blade inwards to silence themselves instead. Psycho killer Keskase, I want to run, 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 run away from being typecast as a dangerous monster in a horror movie freak show. Changing channels, a thousand pay-per-view stations pollute our minds with snuff films. Murders, rapes, stabbings, amputations, decapitations, massacres. You know, the usual prime time programming. <laughs> well, that's entertainment. The film director barks into my ear, spitting on my face, ordering me to go over the trenches and kill. No, violence makes me sick. Watch out, he's crazy. Call the doctor quick. Here, take the poison in palatable doses. Over time, your immune system will be numb to violence. You won't feel a thing. You may even enjoy it. The audience cheers, hooray, when the hero blows the man-man away. Hey fella, wanna play tourist to the dark side? Hold on tight, it's a hell of a ride. You bought your seasons past the hell, getting your cheap thrills in the house of horrors. Don't dwell too long, for one day you will lose your pass. Watch your infatuation with madness wear out fast. See how swell you feel being a permanent resident of hell. I've had enough. I want to go home now. You've been making fun of us monkeys at the zoo, feeding us your contempt when you're not supposed to. Now you're the one behind bars. The monkeys are laughing at you. 
Violence against us is no laughing matter. The mentally ill feel everything. Our minds satellite dishes open wide to the universe, receiving mixed signals, sacred, profane, and perverse. Not all truths are pretty. Some are downright ugly. Others fucking scary. It's one thing to read naked lunch. It's another thing to be forced to eat it. Lost my remote control, flipping channels in a panic. Antenna broken, nothing but shh, static. Can't switch off my mind. I put a live wire to my head for all the things I didn't say. To make these feelings go away, psycho killer Keska say. Run, 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 run away through a hall of a million mirrors. Where's my original face behind the me, behind the me, behind the me, behind the me, lost echoing into infinity, flying into my reflection. I'm all the things I abhor. Don't want to live anymore. All these terrible thoughts have crossed my mind, but I didn't cross the line. These are my greatest fears. They can't harm me. I'm not crazy, although at times I'm robbed of my sanity. The only thing that keeps me going through this eclipse is the memory of having once kissed eternity's lips. Nothing is forged without a fire. God the blacksmith casts me into hell, burning in his kiln. He hammers, 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 hammers my soul upon his anvil till I am strong. The only way out of this hell is to love myself till I am well. I know the limits of my soul, where I will and won't go. Self-love is an extreme sport. I've survived God's direct line of fire, saw the ugly face of my inner liar. All I found in the dark was darkness. I am a warrior of the heart. In a world that's violent, I refuse to be Shh, silent. I surrender, not in defeat, but in victory, for I have survived samsara. Nothing is forged without a fire from your show, Surviving Samsara. Um, congratulations on the show. Thank you. And the journey. Um, so... I have tons of questions. I've known you for quite a while, and I have tons yeah. of questions when you read that and then thinking about um, the show that's coming up tomorrow. Um, so how long ago was that poem written? I guess the last version that was revised. Maybe. Probably 15 years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how do you relate to it now? Has it changed? or how um, it It's still relevant. I mean, violence against the mentally ill happens, you know, whether it's police where do it, I mean, there's this perception that we are violent homicidal maniacs and it's grossly inaccurate. I mean, yes, you know, violence does happen from time to time, but it's it's more oftentimes we are the victims of uh, violence as opposed to the perpetrators of violence. And there's a misconception in the public's consciousness and in the public's conception, you know, through movies and the media and television and video games and books, you know, um, it's grossly inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And I think also, um, and I don't like you, I, do you, do you make a distinction between crazy and mentally ill? Like the word crazy gets thrown around and it's been romanticized, you know, yeah. throughout 
uh, poetry and films in a not so like good way, but you know, like made to be that's you know the, the madness of the poet, the madness of the artist, and yeah. and that sort of stuff. Do you make a distinction, or how does it work for you? As well, you know, there's such a thing as the Mad Pride movement, which um, you know the the where we own the word, like you know, in the gay pride movement or the LGBT movement, you know, the queer pride is kind of owned, and they take a negative connotation and they find something positive within it. And the same thing has happened with the mad pride movement. We reclaim the word crazy and we try to find meaning in it. I can read a poem about that later on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, there are a lot of positive things, and that's one of the things I'm trying to get across in this production surviving samsara is that it's not all a curse it's not all bad news there are gifts that come with this whether whether it be heightened creativity or spirituality or empathy or compassion just because you suffered a lot and opens up and breaks open your heart to others who suffer and you can empathize with them so there are gifts that come with madness um so this production that you're putting together um Surviving Samsara, the manuscript, like you said, it's that poem, 15 years, the collection of work that you've, has been around for a while. What do you, um, what makes this production different? Uh, well, I did a production of this in 2014 in Café de Soleil, a smaller, simpler version um, with a Bhutto dancer, Maria Solomon Nieto, and Nicholas Apperson, a cellist composer, and um, a singer-songwriter named Fraser McKenzie. But uh, we've taken it to the next level, and we got a downtown Eastside Small Arts grant through the Vancouver Foundation of $1,000, and maybe that's just one part of the budget. I've since been financing this out of my own pocket, like a lot of artists do in this community as independent, multi-disciplinary artists. And essentially, uh, we're taking it to the next level where we've been rehearsing for the last five months every week, a few times a week. And we brought in uh, Maria Solomonieto as the Bhutto dancer. She won Best Choreographer and Dancer at the Vancouver Dance Festival. So she's of a really incredibly high caliber. Uh, Angela Moroni is a musician and composer who stepped in as director for part of the production. Uh, we have uh, Janice Jujubi Jacinto, who is a rapper, and she's also the stage manager and production manager and has been doing incredible amounts of work and you know, volunteering on this production. Uh, we have Rina Del Pelgobi, who is an experimental filmmaker. She'll be showing a film Seclusion about being in the quiet room of uh, the Vancouver of uh, St. Paul's Hospital for seven days and locked in seclusion. She made an experimental film about that. Mm. So it's quite an ensemble, except that we're telling the life story of since my diagnosis uh, over the last, uh, I guess it's almost like a 20, 30-year journey since my diagnosis in 1993 when I was arrested by eight cops for creating a disturbance in a church. That's another story altogether. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it basically tells that story from um, how 
you get when you are told that you have an incurable disease that will last the rest of your life it's like receiving a death sentence or a life sentence with no parole for a crime that you don't know what you committed mm. and the stigma and the discrimination the prejudice you face from society from individuals from lovers and partners and friends who reject you and abandon you you turn the word i turn i can't speak for everybody who's mentally ill but I turned the the pain inward and it became self-hatred. And it's basically a journey towards moving from anger to acceptance to forgiveness to healing and becoming whole and unconditional self-love. Uh, a journey from self-hatred back to unconditional self-love to, for the self. Mm-hmm. You know, which is just the beginning of another journey uh, to love others and the community at large. But for some, that's a real turning point, you know. Um, and you're now sort of on the front lines of dealing with people from the street who have mental illness because you're working with the Kettle Friendship Society, correct? Yeah. Um, so how, are, uh, how have things changed or have they changed in your mind from going from where you were and now you're working with, uh, within the system to help people? Yeah, well, I used to be a member of the Kettle Friendship Society. I used to be a client. Mm. I used to go for dollar lunches because I was so depressed during those years. I was so heavily sedated that I would sleep 16 to 20 hours a day, gain 60 pounds, uh, totally sedated. would just wake up in time to go for a dollar lunch, and uh, that was my only meal for the day. You know, I didn't really have much of a life. Mm. But when I came Further along in my recovery, I decided to give back to the community that had supported me. And I went, I started off by being a peer support worker, and then I facilitated wellness workshops. And then I went back to college to train as a community social service worker. And through my practicum, I got a job as a mental health worker at the Kettle Friendship Society, where I used to be a client. Mm. So I see it from both the client's point of view as recipient of the services as a mental health consumer survivor as well as a mental health uh, health care provider and it gives me a unique perspective uh, of empathy mm-hmm. and i can relate to people uh, i have something at stake i'm doing this for not just for more altruistic reasons than just a paycheck you know sure um do you think society's um empathy towards people with mental illness has changed uh it's maybe you know it's obviously not fully and compatible but do you think it's uh, it's improving or i think so it has come a long way since i wrote that poem Uh, it has come a very long way um things like the course foundations courage to come back awards have raised awareness about mental health issues and um celebrities and singers like serena Ryder. And Sarah Jinkling, who is a singer-songwriter for the Orwells, mm-hmm. who has written an album about her experiences living with bipolar and being a spokesperson and an advocate for reach-out psychosis. People like that. And Victoria Maxwell, the bipolar princess, who does um, one-person shows, theatrical shows and comedy shows about mental health and does workshops and talks and education. A lot of people on the front lines, mm. you know, uh, advocating and educating the public. And I'm just one amongst many. Do you think stuff like uh, the Bell Let's Talk, is that just uh, Bell trying to make themselves 
or position themselves to look good or do you think that's that's actually helpful well actually i know one of my i know uh, a member of the cattle friendship society who used to work for bell mm -hmm. and she had a mental health breakdown a meltdown and uh, she was fired from a job so she thinks that the bell campaign is a bit hypocritical when she was fired from a job yeah. even though she had uh, mental health challenges they didn't keep on the job they didn't try to integrate her and you know so I don't know. Maybe it's a fun. Maybe it's. I. I don't want to be cynical. I'm hoping that it's genuine, mm -hmm. and I think it's a good thing that people are speaking out about it and raising awareness. Yeah, uh, and most of the people on your uh, production are also dealing with mental health issues in some regard. Yeah, yeah. The whole production, everybody's lives have been touched by it, but it's not un uncommon if one out of four or one out of five people in society will have uh, mental health challenges in their lifetime. Basically, whether it's yourself or a co-worker or a lover or a partner or a friend or a relative or a family member, no one's life is untouched by this. Um, and I, I've got your program here in front of me, and I was looking at it, and one part of it that I really like and I think um, talks about it pretty strongly is the illness aspect of mental illness accounts for only the tip of the iceberg there is so much hidden potential beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you expand on that just a little bit more before we hear another poem? Yeah, basically there are gifts that come with this. You know, Like I said before, heightens empathy, compassion, spirituality, creativity. I mean, for example, my friend and uh, companion uh, and comrade in arms, Janice Jujubi Sinto, is so prolific as an artist, uh, whether it's uh, in her rap performances or in her artwork that she does or in her writing, that she blows me away. I mean, she's just a burgeoning cauldron of creativity and there's no stopping her, you know. And she celebrates, not just... She's tinged with mania and she's inspired by that, but she takes it to a whole different level where it's a celebration of the creativity of uh, madness, you mm. know, that comes with the gift. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I would say I was just something caught my mind, and then was, I'm back. But yeah, I that's wonderful. I like. I'm, it'd be great to see her. Um, so, what's the next thing that you're going to share with us? We probably have time for one more. Actually, okay, only. one more. Um, how much time do we have? Well, we've got about five minutes. Okay. Um, and uh, you're, if you're just tuning in, well, not shame on you. You, you know, you've got busy days, busy, busy lives. Um, but if you want to check out the whole show, you can uh, go back to the Wax Poetic and Co-op Radio archives after 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time today and click on the Wax Poetic link and the whole show will be there for you to uh, listen to. And you can check out the start of the show straight through to the finish and rehear the end here as uh, we've got uh, Kagon Go in studio this afternoon on Wax Poetic here on CFRO 100.5 FM promoting his uh, new multimedia show, uh, Surviving Samsara, which is taking place tomorrow at the Interurban Gallery. Yeah, could, could I make a little pitch for the show? Uh, it's a celebration of the resiliency of the human spirit to transcend suffering and the stigma uh, of the, the stigma and discrimination of mental illness. It features myself as the actor and spoken word artist, Solomon Nieto as the Bhutto dancer and choreographer, Angelo Moroni is the director, composer, and musician. 
Jujubi Jacinto as the rapper and Rina Del Pelgobi. It's happening at the Interurban Gallery, which is at number one East Hastings at Carroll Street, uh, right by Pigeon Park, uh, on the 15th of June and the 29th of June, which both days fall on a Thursday. Um, doors open 7 p.m., show starts 7.30. So, uh, $20 suggested donation, but it's pay what you can. Nobody will be turned away due to lack of funds. Um, yeah. Okay. This but is my next poem. The Weary Warrior. My name in Chinese means hero or warrior. Hero is a tall order to live up to. It makes me blush and feel like a braggart that is boasting too much. And I hate the word warrior for I abhor war. But I'm a peace. But not all warriors are warmongers. I'm a peaceful warrior, a warrior of the heart. But truth be told, I've been at odds with God, torn between the opposing forces of faith and fury. For God must be cruel and unjust to have cursed me with this incurable affliction, this life sentence of no parole. Deep inside, I feel I must have committed some terrible crime to deserve this punishment. I was angry at the world and felt what most people take for granted. A wife, kids, a family, a normal life was denied to me. I felt like a leper, an outcast, a pariah dog, lost in the fog of my own monologue, abandoned and alone without a place to call home. I was an unrepentant sinner, a blasphemer tempting fate. I provoked the Lord, walking alone down an open road, heading towards the brooding storm clouds, praying for a lightning bolt to strike me down and finish me off. I took the word crazy and gave it a positive spin, proclaiming proudly, I'm crazy, I'm crazy about life. Only I was allowed to call myself crazy, the way only blacks are allowed to use the word nigger. I was a flaming, out-of-the-closet, born-again, manic-depressive. If I was going to be labeled with the stigma, I might as well wear it like a tattoo, a brand mark making a bold statement. I am mad and proud of it. Being a manic-depressive is a full-time job, so I became a professional manic-depressive, taking every opportunity to educate people the way Jehovah's Witnesses preach to you whether you want them to or not. I refuse to be typecast as the stereotypical mentally ill person. I wanted to dispel the myth that crazy people were a danger and menace to themselves and society. Deep inside, I am ashamed to confess that I felt superior, wrongly thinking, I am not like the other manic depressives. I am balanced and strong. I have got my act together. That is all it was, an act. I felt sorry for myself and succumbed to self-pity, believing women were scared away by my illness. I felt like a wallflower who was never asked to dance. My hopes would never get married, ever. I was afraid I'd become the male equivalent of an old maid and live in my parents' basement apartment forever. Now, I realize I was my own worst foe. For who wants to go on a date? with a guy with so much emotional baggage in tow. Didn't realize I was my own worst enemy. Didn't realize how much self-hatred I had inside of me. 
Now I'm tired of punching mirrors, tired of walking barefoot on broken glass. I'm tired of blaming the world for being unfair, wrongly thinking society doesn't care. I'm tired of being the victim. I'm tired of playing the martyr. I'm tired of this chip on my shoulder the size of the rock of Gibraltar. Hmm. I'm tired of making a spectacle of my suffering, comparing battle scars with other veterans. I'm tired of fighting world war after world war in my head. I'm tired of trying to keep a strong front all the time. I'm sick to death of my self-pity. Now I'm taking on the responsibility that no one, not God, nor my family, nor my friends, no one but myself can save me. I am a weary warrior, weighed down by the muck and mire. Nothing is forged without a fire. But one thing I have learnt, the staying in the fire only gets me burnt. I put on the suit of armor for protection, trying to prove to the world that I am strong. You can't hurt or destroy me for I am indestructible. The audacity of a stuck-up fool's immodesty, like Lenin cried, one thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. I needed this armor to protect me. Now I'm trapped in it like an iron maiden. Being open, I let joy and pain in. Being closed, I only hold the pain in and shut the joy out. Now I want to let in light and let my spirit soar. Don't want to be a prisoner of my mind anymore. I want to lay down the sword, stop fighting with God, make amends and become friends with myself, love myself back to health. I'm taking down the barbed wire around my heart, crossing no man's land, past the landmines in my mind. I wave a white flag, ordering a ceasefire, climbing out of the muddy trenches. I take off this rusted armor to stand naked to the elements, the heat, the cold, the wind and the rain. I swear this is the war to end all wars. Never again will I subject my brain to self-inflicted pain again. I raise my arms in surrender, befriending the enemy within. I embrace both the joy and the strife that is part and parcel of a fully lived life. Transcended trauma, survive samsara, now I want to enjoy peace and nirvana by embracing the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Shed my old skin of suffering to reveal the new skin of healing within. Will you, Kagan, take care of yourself? Be responsible for your mental health. Love yourself unconditionally in wellness and in sickness through good times and bad till death do you part. I do. You may kiss eternity's lips. Amen. Reading from Surviving Samsara, his new chapbook, and part of a new uh, interdisciplinary uh, multimedia production tomorrow at the Interurban Gallery and then on June 29th as well. Check it out if you can. Uh, go online to Facebook to find out more about it. Thank you, Kagan, for being our guest today. Thank you, R.C. So glad to have you. This has been Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?
In case you didn't recognize that, that was the Smalls with Payload. It's 2.30 just after, so that means you're listening to No Apologies Necessary on Co-op Radio. I'm going to uh, play you now another uh, punk rock icon out of Edmonton now, based in Vancouver. This is SNFU. Welcome to No Apologies Necessary. Happy Wednesday.
<laughs> that was that was my best metal scream. Wow! Even though I just played a bunch of punk rock music. And actually, you know what? I'm going to follow up with some more punk rock music, some more Vancouver punk rock music. Because you're listening to No Apologies Necessary. Coming at you every Wednesday from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Of course. Where we play you uh, the best of Canadian music. We play you stuff from uh, bands that were, bands that will be, bands that are currently figuring out if they're going to be bands, embryonic bands, if you will. And then there's bands that, well, they released their first album, 1984, went on to sell more albums than any other Canadian thrash metal band ever. And they still got their beep together to continue touring and kicking ass all over the world. That band, of course, that I'm talking about is Annihilator. Now, they're not in the studio with me right now. Uh, because they're on their way here, apparently. But let's not forget, these guys were a thrash metal band in 1984. Do you know what it was like being in a thrash metal band in 1984? I don't, but I have a good idea. I have a good idea probably what it was like. And believe me, none of it is conducive to waking up before 2.30 p.m. I'm not saying these guys are still sleeping. I'm just saying they're on their way. Here's a bunch of guys that were on their way uh, but fell asleep at the wheel because they just gave her a little too hard. And now I'm delighted to say, after checking out their website, that they have a bunch of shows planned for BC, the West Coast specifically, here this uh, July. They'll be playing at, uh, what is it, where are they? Uh, They're playing at the Morrissey on Granville Street, uh, July 20th, 19th or 20th. I don't know, I'm a horrible promoter. They asked me to promote the show and I'm just not doing a good job. I'm going to have to get back to you in the specific date. <laughs> but I'm going to play you a song from this band here in a second. But first of all, let me just tell you that usually uh, we're pretty diverse on our musical taste here at our show here. No apologies necessary on Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. But today we're going to specifically look at heavier music. Heavier Canadian music, punk rock, and heavy metal because we are supposed to have Annihilator annihilator on our show today a friggin annihilator if you don't know annihilator look them up you like long hair you like tight black jeans check out annihilator do you like heavy metal do you like any kind of music do you like being canadian check out annihilator hopefully they make it if they don't make it to the show it's just because they're too metal they're just a little too metal but anyway i've interrupted my segue into this next band this next band is called Surefire Machine. You can check them out live on Gravel in July, July 20th or 19th. I don't know. But check them out. This is Surefire Machine with Walking Tall. Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. You're listening to the one and only No Apologies Necessary.
This is all about making some good, loud noise.
The sweet sounds of Metallica's Orion behind us. Sorry, Metallica, you're not getting any royalties for this. I'm not reporting this on my log sheet. You know what? Why don't you put on your log sheet how many times you have mentioned the name Zeke? And then you send me the derivatives or the reciprocals or however you call it in stupid speak. <laughs> I mean, banker talk. And then we'll call it even. Metallica. But seriously, though, guys, James, if you're listening, which I know you are, thank you for providing such great instrumental hits, uh, such as Orion, to play behind this all-star, super-studded, amazing goddamn radio show on Co-op Radio 100.5 FM CFRO, known as No Apologies Necessary, hosted by yours truly, Zeke. Uh, missing my, well, the anchor, the the guy who keeps this program together, keeps it running over the years. I disappear. I just like wander off into the jungle. Um, tattoo. Well, tattoo anything really that, that I was going to say that moves, but I've tattooed a mushroom as far as I've been told. So I don't tattoo everything that moves, but I like to tattoo things. I'm not a tattoo artist by any means. I don't even own a tattoo gun. I just... I like to mark things. Just... Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Just... Mm, just really... Just get... And you take a thing and then it goes... And then it's there forever. And it's like, you did that. Like, I did that. Not to myself. Like, to somebody else. They have to carry that around. They have to carry me around for the rest of their life. That's an unbelievable uh, position of power to have. I'm just saying. Do you know what another uh, position of power to have is? To be an annihilator. Imagine that on, like on your resume. It's like, uh, yeah, I worked at Subway as a sandwich artist. I uh, worked. Uh, I drove a Zamboni for a bit. Um, and now I'm an annihilator. I pretty. I just annihilate, like pretty much. It's what I do. It, my skills are mm, annihilating, mm, showing no compassion. Uh, just straight up, uh, yeah. Just just annihilating really is kind of my thing. Now, if you know what you like to do. And annihilating is what you like to do. There's a special solace in that. I'm not sure what it is, but hopefully in the next, uh, what time is it right now? 2.57 in the p.m.? Hopefully in the next uh, 33 minutes, we're going to get to find out exactly what it's like to be an annihilator. From the greatest selling thrash metal band uh, in Canadian history, Annihilator. Who else would know better? Probably no one. So, let's just get onto this metal thing, man. This is like, uh, figure this out. You guys remember seven string guitars? How seven, three, uh, seven strings were better than six strings there a little while ago? 
Well, there was a band out of Montreal called Special Ops. You may have heard me play them on this show before. And uh, they have just dropped some new crap. It's not crap. It's just I'm not allowed to swear. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's like crap. Oh, man, that is some deep crap. That's what they're dropping right now. And they've just sent me a link. Because that's what you do here on No Apologies Necessary. If I haven't mentioned this, you want your music played? You're Canadian? Send us your stuff, man. Just ship it over. Check out coopradio.org and find out how to get in touch with us. Or just go on Facebook.com and uh, search for No Apologies Necessary. Send us your links. We will get it. And then we will put it on the air. And we will promote you and your show and everything that you're doing throughout the Vancouver area. Cool? Because this is an album drop from a band out of Montreal that you're about to hear right now. I haven't even heard it. I'm going into this blind. We have no idea what's about to happen. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited. (laughs) They could just come out swearing, uh, saying awful things towards minorities. All of the things that this station is against. But we don't know. We don't know. We really don't know. We're going to find out right now. You're listening to No Apologies Necessary. This is Special Ops with their brand new hit. Baby, take it off. Good so far. Yeah, I like it. It's the metal show. (laughs) 